You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. So, there's a uh, young Jew who goes to his rabbi after Yom Kippur services one year. And he says to his rabbi, you know, rabbi, I'm done with Judaism. I'm done with the whole kit and caboodle. I come every year to the High Holy Days, and every year it's the same thing, and it's so somber, it's so serious, it's so depressing, it's all who will live and who will die, and God is, you know, the great majesty and king of the world, and let's all bow before him, very high church, very serious, I'm done with Judaism. And the rabbi strokes his beard and looks at the young man and says, tell me, when are you coming to services? And the young man says, what do you mean, when am I coming to services? There's only one time to come to services. That's on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's when I come to services. That's when people come to services. The rabbi says, ah, now I see the problem. You've been coming to services at the wrong times. You need to come on Simchat Torah to rejoice with the Torah. You need to come on Purim, the great festive celebration of the saving of the Jews of Persia. And so the young man says, Okay, sure, why not, Rabbi? One more chance, I'll give Judaism another try. So the guy goes to services on Simchat Torah, he goes to services on Purim, and then comes back to the rabbi. Goes to the rabbi's office and says, Rabbi, I'm done with Judaism. I need a serious faith. And Judaism is just too silly and celebratory, too much dancing. It's not serious enough for me. That's, okay, you guys didn't like that joke. Okay, so here, how about this one? Uh, what's brown and sticky? A stick. There you go, okay. Um, <laughs> so the joke is, of course, uh, um, a little bit uh, hy- hyperbolic, of course. But it probably represents in some way, the relationship that many of us have with Judaism. In that we have a sense intellectually of what Judaism is supposed to teach. We have a sense of what Judaism is all about. We have a sense of what's in the Torah. We have a sense of what the rabbis say. But few of us are very actively involved or actively engaged in our Jewish lives. Very few of us are actively participating in regular Jewish practices, regular Jewish rituals, regular Jewish study. And there is a difference between the theory of Judaism and the practice of Judaism. And so much of the theory of Judaism cannot be learned, it turns out, without the practice of Judaism. So there, in our Torah portion this morning, there is this enigmatic line. It says, Hanis tarot ladonai Eloheinu v'haniglot lanu uvanenu ad olam la'asot et kol adivrei ha-Torah hazot. Which is enigmatic in the sense that we don't know exactly what it means or what it's trying to communicate, but a literal translation would sound something like this. The secret things are for the Lord our God, 
and the revealed things are for us and our children forever to observe all of the words of this Torah, all of the words of this teaching. And various commentators over the years have translated this and interpreted this in different ways. I was struck uh, when Beth was speaking to Jacob uh, that uh, a very strong message of what Beth was saying of how we should do good even when it's not revealed to others is still very important and maybe even more important. And that is, I think, one way of reading that passage that the secret things are for the Lord our God, the revealed things are for all of us, so we can do good things in public. But we should not forget that we can continue to do good for ourselves and others in private. Because indeed, we are never in private. So that's one way of looking at it. But there's a lot of ways of looking at it. And if you look carefully, either in your Chumash, your uh, book with a printed version of the Torah, or in the Torah scroll that we saw being read from uh, before, you'll notice that there are dots above that passage in the Torah. And one of the reasons that the dots are there is because the scribes who write the Torah put dots over it to say, as they do in some other places in the Torah, let's pause and linger on this verse because there's something deep being expressed here, but we have no idea what it is. We have no idea what it is. So one commentary, one Hasidic commentary that I read this week that I absolutely loved interpreted that verse in the following way. That there are secrets deep meanings of the Torah. That's the Nistarot Ladonai Lehenu. There are secret things for, of the Lord our God. There are secrets, holy, powerful, moving, inspiring secrets in the Torah. But, Haniglot lanu uvanenu arolam laasot et kol divrei ha-Torah hazot. They can never be revealed to us or to our children, unless we do all of the words of this Torah. In education, we call this experiential education. That part of the way we learn, part of the most powerful way we learn, is by doing. And I have uh, doctor friends who uh, have said to me that uh, when you're in residency, one of the things they teach you is learn one, do one, teach one. Learn one, do one, teach one, right? Get the theory of what you're doing, but then you actually have to do it. And by doing it, you learn so much more about it that you're then able to teach it to somebody else. And it's true also for our Judaism, that we can't necessarily know how sensitive Kashrut, the Jewish dietary laws, make us to all of God's living creations unless we actually spend some time immersed in the Jewish dietary laws, unless we actually spend some time keeping kosher. We can't really know, I and mean, we can know in theory, but we can't really know how Shabbat enables us to take a step back, take a breath from our hectic lives, and breathe and dream about our, a life and a world that might be, unless we spend some time with Shabbat. I remember that um, I was... Uh, uh, Adira knows about this. I was dating a girl in college before I met Adira, and uh, she didn't keep Shabbos, but I did. And she was a very studious person. I was a little bit studious. And, uh, and she couldn't fathom 
how I could take one day a week to totally be off the grid, to totally not do any schoolwork, not any reading, not any writing, right, not any emailing, and I would just be off the grid and I would observe Shabbat. And she said to me, I can't understand how you live your life with 20, it's really 26, or 26 hours totally checked out of all of the things that you need to do. And what I said to her is, I can't understand how anybody lives their life another way. My, uh, my, my friend Adam, who's a rabbi in LA, was once sharing a room with a Seventh-day Adventist. And he said to the Seventh-day Adventist, you had to tell me something. And the you know, Seventh-day Adventist minister says, oh, oh no, here it goes, right? And my friend Rabbi Adam says, why aren't all Christians Seventh-day Adventists? How do you breathe without Shabbat? Right? So that's a really great, I think, beautiful way of putting it, that there is so much wisdom, so much life-transforming power within the Jewish tradition that is virtually impossible to really intuit and to really feel unless you spend some time immersed in the practice. Which is why the Talmud says that it's better to do something, do a practice in Judaism, even if you don't know why you're doing it, because through the course of the practice, you'll learn why you're supposed to be doing it. If you do a practice not for its own sake, eventually you'll do it for its own sake. Eventually you'll do it for its reason. Because the reason becomes apparent the more we do it. The more we are immersed in it. So I want to invite all of us this Shabbat and this new year, a time of renewal and thinking about where we need some help, where we need some change in our lives, where we need some new insights, where we need some new transformation, and to think maybe there's one, maybe there's one new practice, maybe it's a Jewish practice, maybe we're not Jewish and we want to take on some other kind of practice from a wisdom tradition that might be a tool to help us get new insight and inspiration and transformation in our lives. But the truth of the matter is that there is very little that we will be able to get from the theory. We have to first take what Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel calls a leap of action. Not a leap of faith, a leap of action. To take on the practice and from the practice learn the theory. My teacher, Rabbi Erwin Kula, calls the commandments of the Jewish tradition tools, technologies that are meant to communicate spiritual ancient wisdom and to uh, be technologies for making our lives better, for helping human beings flourish. So each Jewish practice is a technology, is a tool to helping us flourish. But as anybody who's ever done any housework knows, any yard work knows, any craftsmanship knows, you can't know how the tool works or what the tool does or whether the tool works for you unless you pick it up and try to use it. This Shabbat and this year, I bless us with a renewed sense of curiosity and engagement that we can look at the tool chest, pick up a tool, 
and give it a try. Shabbat Shalom.